0: i Tom Moran from Tom's Big Spiders here. For this episode, we're going to talk about something that tends to fascinate most keepers and something I've had the privilege of being able to keep, which is a tarantula communal setup. I remember the first time I saw a picture of a communal setup. It kind of blew my mind because I was still kind of early on into my tarantula research. And all I'd read is that they were cannibals. You couldn't keep them together. They would eat each other. And then I believe it was a website that had pictures of an H-N-C, at the time it was H-N-C, now they're N-N-C, uh, gold communal with, oh my gosh, I don't know how many spiders were in that community, it was just decked out, it was a huge aquarium, decked out and webbing, the guy had set it up beautifully, it looked like, you know, there were rocks and sticks and lots of, you know, fake foliage and webbing everywhere, and then just seeing the pictures of dozens of these little guys sitting out there together not eating each other, it blew my mind. So it was always something as I got deeper into the hobby that I kept in the back of my mind that I wanted to do, and as luck would have it, a couple of years down the road, after buying some tarantulas from Tanya Fear Not Tarantulas, I basically had an opportunity to put together the now pretty infamous M. Balfori communal that I have, and that one started with nine species. Now, at the time, I was actually, again, looking at H. villicella, another species that supposedly can be kept communally or h Incy, and I was kind of pricing some things out, but then these guys dropped my lap and The m balfori are considered to be like the pinnacle, the the top as far as the communal settings go. And part of that is due to many of the other species that are considered to be communal, including some p Lotharia, uh, obviously the aforementioned H-Vilicella and the A- n uh T. gigas would be one. All of these species have a rule set that goes along with them. So in other words, you can't just grab a bunch of them, drop them in a tank or an enclosure, and not expect there to be one big fat spider there in the morning. There are some rules, some guidelines you have to follow, some stipulations. With the M. balfori, the more people set up these communals, the more we see that they seem to adapt to just about any situation. I've had people drop large females in with juveniles with no issues and people dropping slings in with juveniles, and they seem to do very, very well. Now, with a communal setup, one thing that needs to be said, there is always the potential for something to go wrong animals no matter how well they get along will fight humans will fight you stick a bunch of humans in a house my gosh this morning or yesterday morning my kids were up all it was was fighting Now, am they're not killing or eating each other but there's always friction and unfortunately when you're talking about animals sometimes that friction leads to death and when you're talking about animals that will potentially eat each other it can lead to death and then something getting eaten so it's important to keep that in mind even with the mbalforia I was on arachnoboards the other day looking up information on on some species, I can't remember what the heck it was, it might have been P. Metallica communal, and I stumbled on somebody talking about their M. Balfourri communal where they had a death, and one of them ate another one, they said they had pictures, and I'm going to try to contact this person because I really do want to hear about what happened. And of course there's a guy on there that, uh, he reminds me of one of the grumpy old men, I can't remember their names from the old Muppet show that would just sit there and heckle everybody but really had nothing important to add to any conversations, never did anything themselves. But, you know, always loves to point out that if you set up a communal, it's a waste because eventually it's only going to work until it doesn't work and things of that nature. And I don't think that's the case with M. Balfour. I think we have enough evidence to show that they do overall overwhelmingly well in communals. Are there going to be occasional issues? Of course there are. They're animals. They have anywhere you go where you keep animals together. I have four dogs. They get along famously most of the time. However, every once in a while, there's a scuffle. And, you know, who knows? Without a human there to kind of break things up and be like, all right, guys, knock it off, who knows where that would go? So it's just part of keeping animals that there's going to be friction. So to point at one death and say, oh, there you go, told you it was going to happen, is absurd and ridiculous. And I'm sorry. Get your head out of wherever it is. It's, It's just not an accurate representation of them as communists. However, that being said, I would like to hear about situations where it didn't work because I think people need to be aware of what they're in for if they set up a communal and some of the things to think about before they set up a communal. When I set up my MBAL 40 sure, mine went great but one of them could have died. Now, unfortunately, mine's pretty public because I have the YouTube channel. I've talked about it a lot. I've done several videos. Oops, as I bumped my keyboard. Videos on them. So everybody's familiar with them, and it went very well. So everybody's very familiar with a success story, but what doesn't get out there as much are the ones where it doesn't go well, and you need to be aware of that because there is a risk involved if you're setting up a communal, regardless of the species you're doing it with. So the reason why I'm bringing this one up, and hopefully... Things go well. This will come out after I post the YouTube video, so this will kind of be extra commentary to the YouTube video. But with the Mbalfori's getting older and probably getting ready to breed and moving on to the next step in that, I started thinking about what I could do next. And I've had a lot of people either email or comment that I should try another species. So, as luck would have it, once again. Um, I was talking to Tanya, Fear Not Tarantulas, and I just produced some P. Regius slings, some baby jumping spiders, and we're looking at doing a trade. I have this thing about making any money off of anything I produce. Long story with that one. I think I might have explained it before. I have this thing about making the money off animals. I mean, eventually it'll have to happen because if I'm going to produce some, I'm going to have to sell them, but... But I just don't need to get directly into selling them right now. So anyway, we were looking at doing a trade and she made a fantastic offer as far as what I could trade some of these guys for. So yesterday I opened up a box and did the whole unboxing and the housing and everything of 10 P. Metallica, P. slitheria, Metallica slings, which I will be putting into a communal setup and then recording the progress. And I have to admit, there's some things I want to get out of the way that won't come across in the video because there's just not enough time and it's just not the right place for it. But I had to give this one some serious thought because this is one of the species where there is a rule set for them. You can't just willy-nilly grab a bunch of P. metallicas, toss them in a big enclosure and expect them to do well. What we believe is going on with them is, in the wild, they are suffering from deforestation and loss of habitat, and what's happening is they're finding that P. metallicus, when kept in close proximity, will tolerate each other, and I've used the word tolerate, and live together peacefully, eat, and won't attack each other, because that's something – the guess is – the educated guesses, this is something that they probably developed because of what's going on in the wild. You have limited habitat, so you can either cannibalize each other and ruin your chances for survival as a species or learn to live together and feed together and not attack each other. So what they found with these species that if you put some in and supposedly here are the rules for these guys, they have to be the same size. Um, Many say they have to be from the same sack. So this would make sense if a mom laid a sack and had it in the crook of a tree or inside a tree you know, some hole in the tree and these babies came out, some of them might remain in that area. So it would make sense that they were from the same sack, the same size, and they have to be kept in closer proximity than you would normally keep a bunch of piece of Litheria. So for example, if I had 10 piece of Litheria that got along as well as the M. I may stick them in a giant 50 gallon size um, aquarium or a boreal habitat so they can spread out and everything, but you can't do that with these guys. You've got to kind of keep them so that they basically adopt to the same den that's what you're looking for you want them all to settle in at the same den. because here's the issue if you give them multiple dens like if you notice when i put the M. balfouris in i gave them multiple dens they all purposely gravitated toward one den. that was one of the things right off the bat that tipped me off that this we were looking at a true communal species a species that lives better as a community because they purposely found each other However, you take some of these other communal species of tarantulas, you put them into enclosures, and you let them roam out around and find their own burrows, they will likely adapt to different or adopt different burrows as their home. So if you put 10 species in there, a big aquarium, 10 different burrows, you may have 10 species living in 10 different burrows. And then what happens is they web up, they dig, they do whatever they do, they make it their own, and then at night they come out hunting. So instead of being like, oh, here's my buddy that just came from the same burrow as me, I'm not going to eat him, it's, oh, good, food. And that's when you get some of the fighting and friction. So, for example, T. gigas, um, another species, or H. gigas, sorry, not T. gigas. Hopefully, if I said earlier T. gigas, it's H. gigas, I'm sure somebody's going to jump all over this, but um, not the giant orange arboreal beautiful spider, the only one to ever escape on me, but the ones that like moisture that can swim. So the H. gigas are known to be a communal species, but you have to keep them close together. You have to make sure you get them at the same size, preferably from the same sack. And supposedly, for the best best possible outcome in this one, you shouldn't even separate them at all. So people even get worried when they, if you order, say, 10 of them to put into a communal setup, people worry that even just by packing them up in separate vials and shipping that that can cause a problem. So a lot of people will encourage you to put them all in one one container with some paper towels so they're never separated. But that's a rule set that you have to follow. You can't just go out and go, hey, I just bought three random ones and toss them in a thing. You also have to keep them close together because ideally they have to basically be in the same burrow. I had a buddy of mine that got two of them, put them in a nice big enclosure. One created a burrow on one side. One created a burrow on the other side couple weeks go by you've got one fat tarantula so unfortunately they need to be in close proximity and supposedly they will grow well together and the people that have done I believe Rob C had one a tarantula guy who's obviously a lot of us watched growing up and getting into the hobby and maybe not growing up I think I'm actually a couple years older than him but great you know it put up some great stuff and I believe he had one but you had to use the same sack and it had to be the same size so those are some of the important rules you have to consider with these and a lot of the ones with rules they do start with same size same sack and many of them do not separate at all So again, does that really mean they're a communal species? Well, I guess we have to kind of define what makes a true communal. And I think for me, when I was doing my research and trying to figure out what spiders I was going to use, what attracted me to the M. Balfori were the stories of them interacting socially. Um, There were stories of them, you know, sharing food with each other, guarding over each other when another one molted. The mothers are notorious, notoriously fantastic mothers and will kill prey and leave it for their babies there was a story which I can't find anywhere now and I wish I could find the link to it because it was kind of amazing I don't I I wanted to ask more questions I'm not sure I fully believe this is what was going on but supposedly there were a couple of them in a communal and one of the mother's basically was ill and died and the babies waited until she died and then she basically laid herself but well, basically the way it sounded she laid herself down so that the babies could eat her I, again I don't know I, I I would like to ask more questions on that one but still I've seen some amazing things with these so I guess nothing would surprise me now so when we talk about a communal species it should be one I would think that gets true benefit from living across proximity with each other that actually socialize that actually get along that don't need to be forced close together for it to work and I, so I think in a way when we talk about tarantula communities and communals we kind of open up the rule set a little bit to include species that in reality might not be the most friendly toward each other it's just something they've adapted to and I think that's still unique and an incredibly entertaining and fascinating behavior to witness. I still think there's merit in setting one up and watching what goes down, so don't get me wrong there, but I do think there's a big difference between, yes, we are living together as a family, and so, for example, my M. we have followed them for two years now. I can't believe it's been two years, and it is blatantly obvious to me that they did much, much better than the ones I kept separately. They were bolder. They ate better. They ate live prey quicker. They grew much, much faster. Faster and they're still getting along great. I mean, I had my first male mature out in just over a year. The last time I had one, he, the male I got started about twice the size of the ones I started with in the communal, and it took him like two and a half years to hit that. So I, I saw signs that they actually did better in that environment. As for the other species, I don't know, and that's one of the things I would like to see. I have heard people talk about, I believe Tom Patterson, and I hope I'm not mistaking here, I got send him a message on Facebook and find out for sure but I believe he had a Pesolitheria metallica communal for quite some time and said they did very, very well and he didn't have issues. The Pesolitheria is another genus of spider that many of the species are known to be communal, and many people have tried communals with several species. I believe Rufalata is one. I can't even fathom how beautiful that would be. That's something for the future. Um, uh, Supposedly, Ornata will not work. Uh, but there are people that have tried it and had success. So I think it depends on the species. And I am not, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not 100% familiar. Please chime in if you know of all the Pisolatheria species that can be kept communally. I thought Striata might be one, but I could be wrong there. But I do know Metallica is one of the ones that they can do it with, but people haven't done it with because they're so darn expensive. I mean, if you can go and pick up a couple Rufalata slings for, you know, 20 bucks each, that's fine. But if you're going to go ahead and grab Metallica's, you're talking at least in the United States, 50, 60, 70 bucks, sometimes even higher. I've seen them up to 90. So they're very expensive. Um, So that's why I think a lot of people haven't tried, and that's why I'm kind of excited about this one because there is some information out there. If you dig, obviously, with anything, you you can find information, but a lot of it's coming through forum posts and and weeding through the BS and getting to the actual nitty gritty of it. And there are people that will say flat out, this is not possible, this cannot happen, it will only work until they eat each other, and blah, blah, blah. And you got to kind of weed through that and find information. And this is, I've talked about this before, finding information. Find information from people who have actually done it. Ignore the people that haven't done it and have no idea what. What they're talking about. There are a dime a dozen. They're everywhere. I was reminded the other day while doing some research on one of the forums why sometimes they frustrate me so much because people will come out and say, "Nope, this will happen, this will happen, this will happen," and somebody will go, "Oh, you've done this before? No, but I've heard it from somebody." Great, take your opinion, roll it up real tight, put a rubber band on it, and stuff it. Like we don't need it. And it just irritates me because it kind of clouds. It, it, it makes research so much more difficult when you cloud it with misinformation or at least not your own information. If you don't know anything or if you can point somebody and there's a difference between, Hey, I like when people come on and go, Hey, I believe there was a, a thread about this already. And then they supply the thread. That's useful. But regurgitating something you heard somebody else said, I'm sorry, it's not my thing. And it's I find it incredibly irritating. One of my hugest pet peeves in this hobby. So while doing some research on it, I found some examples of P. Metallica, communals that work great in all the situations it seems that they started with sackmates mates or at least ones that were born around the same time and kept together and I believe the group I have now are not necessarily sackmates, mates but they're all born at the same time and they've been kept communally they were shipped to me if you watch the video in the same cup so they were never separated when I dropped them in it was interesting because they did not go at each other I'm going to feed them in a little while and hopefully get some footage of it but they did not go at each other they seem to get along perfectly fine so we're going to watch how this goes but in the back of my mind, and I got to be completely honest with this, is that worry, because I know that cannibalism is a risk, and it bothers me. I'd be lying if I said, "Well, you know what? It's worth it." I value the lives of my animals. I've made it very clear that I take any death very, very hard, and we've had some major deaths this year because of something, you know, the substrate issue I was having, which really kind of kicked me in the butt. As far as this hobby is concerned, it was the first major adversity I've gone through since getting into the hobby I mean we're talking about a level of things going wrong in a short period that had this been my first go and had I just started I probably would have walked away thinking I was just terrible at it so I take all deaths very seriously so the thought of putting tarantulas together with the possibility and you know what some would point out possibly probability that one of them would get eaten is is tough for me so I I need to get it out there that I have considered I've weighed the pros and cons but the way I see it this has could provide an opportunity to be something really big where we get to see exactly what people can expect. Again, it's a more expensive species that people aren't willing to plunk down a lot of money for, but I think people are very interested in seeing a communal of big blue pokies. And hopefully if things go right, we will minimize any possibility of cannibalism. I mean, I'm going right by the rules. We'll see how it goes. But yes, I have given it some very serious thought. i am like last night I'll just throw it out there last night I had a nightmare the very vivid one that I had an H. Polkropies communal and I went to check on them and two of the big females were fighting and one of them was trying to eat the other one and ripping its legs off and I was trying to separate them with a ruler and a pair of scissors there you go there's things that I dream about at night that's my nightmares Fortunately, I'm a big horror movie fan so that stuff doesn't really scare me very much so I don't have things like werewolves and zombies and things of that nature it's something happening with my spiders so Yes, this is in the back of my mind. Yes, I'm sure I'm going to get some criticism because there are people out there that are dead set against communals of any type because they all they see it as is the potential for wasted life. And you know what? I can't even argue. I completely understand that line of thinking. I back in the day when I was doing research. I was swayed by a lot of people on board. Some of the, the people had been keeping for a long time that just every time a communal was brought up, it was like a taboo subject and they would basically come down on the person with the hammer of righteousness and be like, you're just wasting lives. Why don't you just hand your money to me? Why don't you just order those spiders and send them to us and, and all this kind of stuff. But one of the species they did that for was M. Balfouri, And I found an old thread where it was just basically somebody saying, no, but I've heard they, they work really well and everybody's like, nope, you're just gonna end up with one fat spider. Well, guess what? That's crap. That's not true and we know that now and had somebody not tried it we would never know that this is an amazing species that can be kept communally could you have a death we've already conceded yes it's possible but overall you should have a very good situation it should have a very good outcome so now i'm wondering about some of the other species so what we got coming as i get back to the original topic of this is the piecelotheria metallica communal i've set 10 of them up a smaller enclosure although it's looking a little big now i'm worried but this morning I went and checked on them, and I'm going to shoot some footage in a moment to put at the end of the video to show that eight of them have all settled in together on the back of a piece of cork bark right within close proximity, and that's exactly what I was looking for. If you see the successful setups for these guys, they're basically all in one area. They'll start to web up, they'll start to build their dirt curtains, and they'll all stay around that area. So what I will be doing with them is I will be feeding them on a schedule at least twice a week, kind of like what I did with the Balfouri. I just ordered some roaches, some red runner roaches from Aaron Pauling. And I long, big shout out to Aaron. I, I yet to do a review on him, which is kind of ridiculous because I order from him quite a bit. And what usually happens is I get my boxes in after work. And before I even think about it, I dump them in with my community, my roach communal and a breeding communal. And I forget to do the darn review. So this is the first one. We'll do another one when I get this next box in, but i just ordered a bunch of roaches so we can keep these guys well fed. And then we're going to record it. We'll do the same thing we did the other one. The good thing is they're not a burrowing species. So as long as they don't poo all over the side of the enclosure, and web it all up, we should get some pretty good footage of all of them out and about. I know my buddy Mark at Mark's Tarantulas has a P. Subfusca communal and it is absolutely amazing and he's had great luck with it. I believe he's already rehoused it once or twice and gotten some great footage of them. So there are some examples out there of what it looks like when things go well. So my goal is, as we go along, to get, just like we did with the Balfour, do the monthly check-in, see what's going on, catch them eating, see if there's any social interacting. I don't know if that will be the case, because this, again, this is one of these species that's more, we'll call them opportunistic communal, or should we call them lack of opportunity communal, because basically a lot of these species we think are communal because they lack the space to go out and thrive, so they've developed this probably as a way to preserve the species being able to live in close quarters with each other but my goal will be to track them in much the same way that i did the m balfoury now we're not just going to stop there with a communal Um, we have another one that i'll be doing as well which was the original one i was looking at Uh, my buddy rachel pan who actually works with fear not tarantulas and i correspond with quite a bit has her own channel that you should definitely check out but she recently produced a sack of eight, uh, I keep saying HNCs, Old Habits Die Hard NNCs, NCs and sent me five of them as well to start a communal with them. So again, thank you, Rachel. I believe she listens to these. So I really, truly appreciate it. And this is awesome because now I'm going to have three communals going. Um, doesn't get any better than that. And this is one that I think I'm really excited about because the NNCs generally are little cheaper as far as tarantulas go some places will even sell them in communal groups of five or ten and it's not going to put such a strain on your wallet so i think these guys are the ones that many people start off with as far as their first communal experience because if unfortunately again with the back in the back of our mind if there's going to be losses involved you want to keep the amount of money you're gonna lose now no middle. People don't want to drop in five hundred dollars worth of spiders and with the thought in the back of their mind that they're gonna lose several of them and it's you know and honestly it shouldn't matter how much they cost, but that's something people do have to factor in. So I do think this will be a good one because we basically will be able to document these guys as well so people will know what they're getting into. My buddy Casey Peter who has a website where he posts a lot of tarantula stuff up was nice enough to guest spot on my my podcast on my blog. Uh, a year or two back, with his experiences with them, and I found that very valuable. And went back and reread it recently. When Rachel started talking about having her own communal and possibly sending me some, and so I'm excited about doing this and seeing what I, you know, watching it for myself, seeing how they go. Now with Insi, because I keep saying H, we'll just go with the whole genus name. There are a set of rules as well. Supposedly, they the best results people have had is they take a sack right from mama, they drop it in a small enclosure, and they let them all basically hang around each other, not develop any territory, stay in small spaces, they'll start webbing up and living together. That's the best outcome, the best way to start them out to have the best outcome from what it sounds like. So the ones I just received from Rachel, there are five of them. They were, I believe, kept together before this point, and when they were shipped, they were shipped in separate uh, vials, and that's something I want to point out because I know a lot of people are worried about separating them at all, and there is information out there with both Peace and the NNC that could lead you to believe that if they are separated at all, you're going to have an unsuccessful attempt at a communal. So I want to make it clear that in the case of the NNC, they were shipped separately, in the case of the P Metallica, they were shipped together. And if we go back to my M Balfouri, those were all shipped separately. But when I rehoused them, I was obviously, Billy was sitting right there with the camera when I put the NC into their new enclosure and they would come up, they would kind of paw at each other almost in the same way that the M Balfouri would do and then just move on their way. So there was no aggression when I put them in. They seemed to be settling in nicely. And when I checked on them last night before bed, because I'm like a little kid here with a new toy they were two of them were outside one of the entrances of the borough working on it together webbing it up so that's exactly what I want to see so I will be feeding them today to make sure they're well fed because another rule with these guys is you need to make sure they eat well and that they are fed often these are guys that if the food gets scarce they are going to find food in their brothers and sisters so it's important to keep them well fed and when I was talking about this with Rachel she said the same thing just make sure you feed them a lot because they will turn on each other so we're going to make sure they're fed at least twice a week, perhaps more, I'll get them nice and fattened up, maybe put in something they can scavenge feed on so they can fatten up right off the bat and not be wanting to eat each other. But again, this is what we talk about, the difference between a true communal and an opportunistic communal, because opportunistic communals, they'll do great until there's some adversity, There's they're missing some food, they need some food, and then, all right, they're going to make lunch out of each other. So. Hopefully these guys will go well and we'll be able to track that as well. So it'll give you more interesting things to do and talk about. I'm incredibly excited about it because for me, this is brand new territory. Again, I feel like I started with the Balfouri, which are probably the best communal species, but perhaps the easiest because they give you so much to work with. We'll see how these guys go. But I can't help but to be incredibly excited to get to do this. And, and I feel very fortunate. I mean, I wouldn't have, when I got into the hobby big time, never would have thought I'd have three communals going at the same time. I didn't even know there were three communal species at this point. So I guess the next step will be to get the H. villicella going, but we'll wait for that one, see how these guys go. And like with my M. Balfoury, I'm going to go in with a list of questions that I want to answer. First and foremost will be, will there be any cannibalism? Hopefully that's going to be a big no. I followed the rules. Hopefully I've set them up correctly, but that's something we will monitor The other one, will they eat peaceably together? Will they, with the Balfoury, we've seen them scuffle over food, but there's never any ill will or seemingly they're they're not trying to kill each other over the food. They'll just snatch food and and fight over it a little bit. And when they were little, they would all feed on the same item. So I'm going to rip open a cricket later, spread it out in the HNC tank. Oh my Lord, the NNC tank. I'm never going to get over that one and see if they'll scavenge feed together on it. Hopefully we'll get some images of that. I want to see what happens once they start to mature. There have been people that have said that the Pesolotheria species will do well communally until they hit adulthood and then things turn. So I want to see how that goes. And I will tell you that if things start going south, I will separate everything, right? I'm not going to leave them in there to get eaten one by one. I couldn't do it. Hopefully things go well and I don't have to do it, but if it came down to it, I would separate them. But I do believe, and again, I think it was Tom Patterson, I could be wrong with this one, had one where it was going on two and half years they were all mature and they were all doing completely fine. So let's hope that they do well. I don't think there's as much out there on the P Metallica as there is on the NNC because of the fact they are so expensive, not many people want to risk it. And I honestly don't blame them. So hopefully this will give us some good information on that. I also want to see what happens when the males mature. With the MBal40 there was whisperings that once the males matured they could kind of disrupt the whole energy of the communal they kind of got everybody all jacked up but I only had one mature first and that guy just kind of walked around tried to get the ladies interested they weren't and he just moved on he wasn't very persistent it didn't really cause any issues I have another male in there now and I barely see him I don't think he's causing any issues or he's mating with a bunch of ladies and I'm going to have to dig out hundreds of slings out of this tank so let's just pretend like he's in there not doing anything so We'll look to see what happens there. And then generally, just kind of as it goes along, I'll be looking for any types of social interactions or anything that kind of lets me know how these guys recognize each other, especially in the heat of the moment of a hunt. That's the one that scares me. I've seen of latheria hunt. I've seen how quickly my favorite thing to do is toss in a cricket and they'll catch it right out of the air when they're on the side of the enclosure. It's amazing. Their, their reaction times are just fantastic but how does that work when you have 10 of them possibly vying for the same food item i mean i'm going to drop in a lot of things at the same time so hopefully there's no friction but what does that look like when you drop four roaches in and three of them decide to go for the same one i'm a little worried with the Balfouri, i got quick confirmation that they would just back off they there didn't seem to be ever any issues with the actual hunt it was usually afterwards and one of them would realize hey you got two of them i'm grabbing one of those but they got along very very well for the most part so i'm I'm very curious to see how that goes as well so there'll be a lot of questions and obviously as this goes along I will probably come up with more and I will try to document everything I catch I'm going to keep a camera in the room now because now I've got three communals going I got to be able to catch this stuff because what's happened before in the past is I'll go into my tarantula room I'll see something amazing and I'll be you know standing there watching it dumbfounded until I realize oh gosh I should probably grab the camera for this and by the time I get the camera out it's already concluded which doesn't really work and me talking about it isn't as good as me showing video about it. So because I know somebody will ask, what are the species of tarantulas that are known to have communal tendencies or to be able to coexist with other members of the same species? Well, in Pesletharia, there's a lot of them, if I remember correctly. I, obviously, Metallica, that's one we're talking about. Regalis, I believe, is one. Uh, Subfusca is, Fusca is one, as is displayed by Tarantula is beautifully. I believe Vitata is one. I've heard Formosa mentioned, and somebody's trying one with an Ornata, although I heard that's the species that they won't do very well once they get to a certain age. Then, obviously, there's the N.N.C., the H. Gigas, not the T. Gigas. Again, I wish I could go back and correct that in the beginning, because somebody's going to latch onto this and not not uh, listen to the rest of the podcast and call me out for saying that they're a communal species, they're not, that would not work well. The T. gigas, the ones that like the water and the dig. Um, obviously, M. balfouri and H. villacell, which is an old world dwarf species that supposedly work well, but again, with a lot of these species, if the conditions aren't met, you uh, may get casualties. And some of the keys to keeping the communals, obviously, one of them is to start with slings. Uh, most people agree that that's the best place to start. When possible, they should be sack mates. However, people have had luck using slings from different sacks as long as they are the same size and it's early on. I don't know if I'd personally try it with older slings, but ones that have just hatched, like I believe in the case of these Pima it was a couple of sacks about the same size, and they were kept communally right off the bat, so they know each other. And then... One of the questions that comes up is, why do they suddenly eat each other? Well, bottom line, in Wild, they are cannibals, so that's something to keep in mind. But even in a communal setup, you could have casualties, and like we've discussed, people fight, animals fight. All types of animals. There are situations where they turn on each other from chimpanzees down to rats and mice, and a lot of situations. We read chickens. Every once in a while, you get a chicken start pecking on other chickens, and next thing you know what they're eating it. It was disgusting. Some of the fun things of growing up on a farm. So, all animals tend to do this. So, just because one of them gets eaten doesn't mean it's a total loss, and it's a total tragedy, that the whole communal is not working. Gosh only knows what causes it. There's some people that believe there could be situations where if one dies, well, they're not just going to leave a body waste. Uh, waste away there and let it rot they might eat it so we will watch to see what happens personally i'm hoping not to have any casualties i really don't want to have to make a casualty video i know um I'm going to feel guilty about it. If it happens, I know that a lot of people will take this as their opportunity to jump on and say, well, there you go. What do you expect? Trying to keep the spiders together. And I don't want this to end up being a negative thing. Regardless of what happens, we are going to get information from it. There will be an example of what happens, what to expect. I'm hoping it's a good example, but I have to kind of steel myself for the fact that things may not go perfectly. There could be issues. So we'll see how it goes. So anyway, that'll about do it for this one. Ended up a little shorter than I thought it was going to be. Um, a funny story to go along this that won't make it onto the video. I'll probably do it in the notes, but um, I do have a couple minutes left and I have to share this. I had somebody recently contact me and say it would be great. It was during one of my piece of Pesoletheria rehousings. And they said, unfortunately, as good as Billy is with the camera, it's difficult sometimes to see some of the things that I'm seeing when I'm transferring them. So for example, if I say, well, right now I can tell that she's really calm. Sometimes you can't see that from Billy's vantage point. And the goal when we do the rehousings, Billy is there. First and foremost, she spots. That's She's been fantastic with letting me know. And you've, Anybody that's watched the videos has seen many times where Billy has been the one to go, oh, you got one here. Or, oh, it's legs sticking out. She's spotting. And then secondly, if something goes wrong, she knows to drop that camera and she's going to help and thirdly my big responsibility actually this is number one I don't want Billy getting hurt I mean bottom line I don't plan to get knock on wood bit by any of these things ever but if somebody is going to get bit it's not going to be her that would be terrible not only would I feel absolutely horrible about it but she'll kill me so that's not going to be good and there'll be no more Tom's Big Spider so we want to keep Billy safe so she doesn't always get in there as close as maybe she Could And that's on purpose. I don't want her hurt. Plus, she doesn't want to mess me up. I'm sitting there trying to work. And if I got a camera in my face, it can be difficult. So somebody brought up the idea of getting like a GoPro and a head harness or a chest harness so people could see what I was seeing. And I'm like, you know what? That'll be a really good idea. So this week, we broke this thing out. I went and bought a head harness. I did have an old GoPro. I charged the thing up, or at least I thought I did. And I put the head harness on. And the goal was to do this rehousing of the 10 P. Metallica's because I thought this would be a great place to start. People could see the chaos that I was seeing. So I strapped this stupid thing on my head. I start the camera and we go through and start to do the rehousing. Well, twice during the video, my daughter, who was responsible for keeping the dogs out of the room, because anytime we're doing old world species, they are out of the room, locked in another room, let the dogs out. First, she let him out of the living room, and then we put him outside. She didn't lock the door, and they came back in. So we had to cut everything twice, and the second time was not an opportune moment. I had three of them crawling out of the cup, getting ready to get on my hands, and we were worried about getting Bruticus out of the house because he's in there trying to see what's going on because he has separation anxiety. So it turned into a bit of a debacle. So I figured we'd at least have some FUD head cam footage because the whole time I'm working, I'm sweating like an absolute pig. It was hot. It was humid here, and I had this stupid strap on my head with the camera, and the camera was actually kind of hot. And I was hoping that at least we'd get some good footage of this. So last night I sat down to go edit the video. First, I sit down at the computer desk and realize that I have a new computer since the last time I used my GoPro and I don't have GoPro's editing software, which is needed to turn the fisheye effect off because I can't stand the fisheye effect when you're trying to look at something like a spider. It doesn't make any sense. So after spending about an hour trying to find this for my computer, I don't have Windows 10. They no longer make the program for Windows 10. I found out that my editing program will actually take the fisheye away. Great. So I go to load up the video. I stick it into the computer. I go to pull it up. And guess what? When I hit start, apparently I paused it at the same time. So I literally had two seconds of footage. I hit start. I must have, when I was adjusting on my head, hit the button again and not realized it. No footage. So all of that, and we even address it during the course of the video that I'm wearing this thing on my head because I told Billy, don't you dare get me on camera with this thing. It felt like a, a dork and a half. We got nothing out of it. So Long story short, fixed the GoPro last, I went through it and deleted a bunch of stuff so it'll be easier to find the videos, and we will be breaking the GoPro out, I do want to give this a try, I hope it works, I think it's a neat idea, I don't know how good the footage will be because if you've used the older GoPros, I don't know if they fixed it in the newer models, this is a 3, they tend to bounce around and jump around when you have them on something, they're very fidgety, so we'll see how it goes, but I would like to do this in the future, so hopefully we'll get that back out, but... Again, I was so disappointed because I sat down to edit this last night and I basically got all the other videos we taped. I strung them together. I had to cut out the parts where I was leaving the room to get the dogs out and wanted desperately to have this GoPro footage and we have nothing. So when you guys watch the video, there's the story behind that. It didn't work. Poor Sid. I felt bad for her afterwards, but uh, everything went well in the end. We got them all into the new enclosure. Just unfortunately, we didn't get that awesome GoPro footage. And Which would have been great because you could have seen the dogs going absolutely nuts. I was going to post it up. So anyway, that's the end of this one. They're all in their enclosure. It's time to start recording. I'll be going in the room right after this with the camera to feed them and to get some footage of them as they settle in. And that will be basically the first post on these guys. And then you guys can look forward, hopefully, look forward to new ones in the future every month or so, exactly like we did with the M-Balfoury. Same thing with the N-NCs. I remembered it's N, not I. We'll get some of them as well, and we'll see how it goes. So as usual, thanks so much for listening. I truly appreciate it. The number of listeners I've been getting for these podcasts has been amazing. I was hoping to maybe have 100 by the end of the year because I know it's a different medium and a lot of people, media, media, right, mediums art, and I wasn't expecting a lot of people to come over, but we're already, last week we hit 500, that's been fantastic, I honestly am overwhelmed, I really didn't think there'd be that many people listening to you, so that's great, and the comments I've been getting from people has been spectacular, and the other day I actually went to look up something, and I found a review section on Tom's Big Spider's from one of the places that carries the podcast and was absolutely floored by the positive feedback I got from people. Like it really, it made my day. And when I sit here and do this stuff, I'm not looking for anything in return, but I'd be lying if I said that finding a bunch of really very flattering reviews on a site doesn't put a smile on my face. That was fantastic. So again, I appreciate everybody that's listening. Uh, Again, a shout-out to Aaron Pauling, who I've had a couple people ask me where I get my roaches from. I buy roaches from him. He's been in this business for a while. Stellar reputation. Just make sure you check the site because he is producing these animals, so sometimes it's a week or two before he's got things available, but be patient. They'll be there. I've ordered from him twice in the last month. I'll be ordering from him again in the future, so definitely check out his stuff. Thanks, Aaron, for all you do. And, of course, if you're not tarantulas, thanks again for setting me up. Now, I have three communals from them, so Tanya, Rachel, thanks so much much until next time please feel free to leave comments on Facebook I will actually remember to put up the post this time I forgot last week because it was a hectic weekend we had a picnic to go to with the family yay and always as always feel free to check out my YouTube channel I've had a few people find me from this and that's really cool because now it means the different formats are interacting which is great Or check out Tom's Big Spiders, the blog or website, which is what started it all off, and I'm hoping to do some more work on this summer. So as usual, thanks, and until next time, I still have no sign-off thing, so I'll just ramble a bit, and then we'll cut the audio. Still here? Can you hear my dog sleeping in the background? They're having nightmares. Aww. Okay, that'll do it. Bye, guys.